Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along another episode of the History Box look at the 1980s. Uh, rabies mania. Uh, we're at the stage of the deep dive now where we're looking at some warning videos that were put out, public information films, by the government uh, to stop us all from getting rabies and bringing uh, rabid dogs, cats, etc. Uh, into Britain, which it probably worked because, as we've looked before, the stats show that there, were, there was very few cases of rabies in this country. Um, so we went full tinfoil hat conspiracy theory last time um, mm. about the Queen, Michael Jackson, the Sphinx. Um, that's now been added to the um, the conspiracy theory uh, oeuvre, is the word, I don't know. Mm. But they're all talking about it on the forums now. So yeah. um we've 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 thrown that in. We've accidentally contributed to the to the conspiracy machine. Yeah. I had a look and there's a lot of talk about it. We've had a lot of new listeners to that particular episode. I am. So, um, um, I, uh, this is another, uh, if you, if anyone is listening to this in real time and heard the episode we did yesterday, which was about my dad's birthday party, I asked my dad about magic and whether he liked magic, right? Good question. It's a very loaded question, that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's just something I'd wanted to ask him for ages, and he sort of looked you're, at me you're sneering. Po- you're poking him with a went, stick yeah, there, aren't you, went, really? why, why on earth would you ask me that? Exactly. Yeah. And, he, and he said, what's magic got to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, the thing about it is, he goes, it's... um." He said, I mean, magic is, is irrelevant. And I said, well, it's not really, Dad, because it's a huge ent- global entertainment industry. And he it's went... An industry oh. magic. He went, he went, is it? And I went, yes. I said, it's up there with sport or music or anything. I said, you go to Las Vegas, they fill out entire theatres for people watching yeah. magic, right? And he went... He looked at me like as if he was very sceptical about this, right? And I said, I'm telling you, magic is big. He said, well, what do you want to know? Of course I don't like magic. And I said, well, why not? And he said, well, the thing about magic is it's just for... Cons- it's just... Uh, the only people who enjoy magic are the same people who enjoy conspiracy theories. That's why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, the world can sometimes seem like a dreary and predictable place. So, so there are people out there 
who are bored and he always says insecure. That's his main insult to anyone, right? He goes, they're probably bored and insecure and they choose to suspend their disbelief. And whether it be something to do with the earth being flat or the COVID (laughs) vaccine or a simple magician (laughs) making a coin appear from behind your film. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's like, he said it's all conspiracy theory. And it's all basically aimed at conspiracy theorists. And I said, so magic is a conspiracy. And he was like, basically, yeah, it's the same deal. Same shit, different name. So does your, does, insecure then is an insult, I guess. Does your dad regard himself as secure? Yeah, that's what's really weird. And I brought this up with, I mean, obviously it was his birthday, so I was trying my absolute best to not go to him or get involved in a thing. But basically... We were having this discussion about ice cream, right? And yeah. he was like, they, my brother and my niece were telling a story about how they took him to their favourite local restaurant. And mm. at the end, the waiter came over and said, do you want any dessert? And he said, one scoop of vanilla ice cream. Because that's what my dad always orders at the end Just of a meal one, in a restaurant. One scoop. One sc- and he's very specific. One scoop of vanilla ice cream. And they say, mm. and the waiter was very friendly and he said, you can have three scoops. You can have three flavours. And he went, I don't yeah. want three scoops. I want one scoop of vanilla ice cream. And they said, but for the same price, you get three. So we'll just, should we bring you three scoops of vanilla? And he went, no. And my dad started to bristle. He went, I think I've been very clear about what I want. I want one scoop of vanilla ice cream. So they said, yeah, and they're like, mm, strange. All right. So they fuck off, right? And then there's obviously a shift changeover. Because the waiter who comes back is different. And guess what? That's right. Three He's scoops. got three balls of vanilla oh. ice cream. Three balls? Three three balls of vanilla ice cream. Three scoops right. of vanilla ice yeah. cream in yeah. one bowl. Apparently, and I really genuinely didn't want to know the details because I find it actually upsetting, but he went fucking ballistic about oh, it. Oh, God. Right? And I was like, well, why didn't you just... If, if you're so desperate to only have one, why didn't you just ignore the other two and let them melt? Right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, but anyway, the reason it's got to do with insecurity is that we went, well, why do you order vanilla anyway? It's boring, right? And he said to my brother, Dom, well, why? What do you, what, what do you think's better than vanilla? Right? Really aggressively. And my brother went, raspberry ripple. (laughs) Right. And he said, anyone who orders or claims to enjoy Raspberry Ripple is clearly a very insecure person. And I went, what? And then I I fucking, I had to wade in at this point because I thought this is a personal attack on Dom just over his choice of ice cream. And I went, well, why? And he went, well, you're too insecure to just admit to yourself and anyone else that you like vanilla. So you're trying to cover up by asking for one tiny ripple of raspberry flavour through it. He was serious. He went, it's deeply insecure. And I went, well, what's your problem with that? We're all fucking insecure, aren't we? I said, everyone's insecure about something or other. He went, yes, but all of our individual and specific insecurities are revealed in a number of interesting ways. And in Dom's case, it's revealed by his favourite ice cream flavour. And I said, well, what are you suggesting? What are you suggesting his brand of insecurities about? And my dad just uh, did a wry smile and raised his eyebrows. So I said, are you saying it's got something to do with his willy? (laughs) (laughs) Ah! And my dad sort of does this thing like, oh, Sam's lowering the tone as always. That's what he said. Like, because all my family were there. 
And I said, well, it might be to do with Dom's Willy, because let's face it, you're the only one round this table who's ever seen it. Because <laughs> his wife, Dom's wife wasn't there. And then it's weird. Then that, that made everyone awkward, apart from, like, my wife found it funny. I found it funny. But I think yeah. it is funny that we're all sitting around a table. My dad is 83. Ugh. He's got sons. He's got three sons in their 50s, right? Ugh. One in his 40s. He's got a daughter there who's, who's 60, right? Yeah. And he's seen all of our willies. Yeah. And I he's confronted the king, he's the king him with maker, that. Isn't he? Yeah, I was like, you've seen his willy. You've seen all our willies. So maybe you know something that the rest of us don't. Yeah. And he did, He was, gen- I mean, that's the sort of joke. I think that's funny, me personally. Mm. But that generation, our father's oh, yeah. generation, Andy, mm. they do not like willy chat. <laughs> but that's Especially when they're involved I found in it. Out. Even my brother seemed a bit uncomfortable about mm. it. I thought mm. it was funny. And I also thought it was interesting. I've got two observations right. um, I'd like to share with you. First of all, uh, would you consider writing a sequel to your current book? But collaborating with your dad and calling it and, and calling it secure yourself. <laughs> I would absolutely love to do that. Fucking read that. There's no way I will. There's no way I'll be able to engage him in it because my dad has steadfastly and quite impressively refused to acknowledge the existence of my book. <laughs> oh, so no. he, he didn't come to the launch oh. party. He didn't respond to the invite. He hasn't acknowledged anything on social media to do with my book, of which I have been posting a lot. Uh, He will not acknowledge or like, which is which is pointed because he usually would on on other things, right? Um, He has not spoken about it at at his birthday party. My sister was like, and since she was like going on about how much she'd enjoyed it and asked me lots of questions, he completely walked away. He is literally. You know when you see... I said to my kids, I said, do you know when you see dramas where um, a child is coming out of the closet about their sexuality and there's a really old-fashioned dad who will literally say, I refuse to accept this. I will not acknowledge it's happening. I say it's sort of like a cliche in dramas now. I mean, not to say it's not real. I'm sure a lot of people have gone through that awful experience. And by the way, I'm not for one moment comparing the strain of having to come out as gay to my book but what I'm saying is is that there was a parallel in his steadfast refusal to acknowledge that the book exists right and when it got bestseller on Amazon I shared it with on my family group chat right yeah quite right and maybe three or four people on a group of about 20 said well done or thanks or whatever oh. and and he, he he just ignored that Um, how do you feel about that just a bit sad, but not that surprised. Yeah. And in a way, like, just sort of like, I feel bad for I mean, him it's, more it's, than myself. It's about, yeah, it's all about him. It's not something you can take on board and, and dwell on too much. And, and No, it's all about him. And it's a shame it's, because it's I write him. lovely things about him in the book as well. But even yeah. that would probably annoy him. So Yeah. And the other, the other obvi- observation that I have from what you just said was that... Um, it's it's nice to know that Dom has persisted with Raspberry Ripple, mm. even though it was um, Stolen Archie from him. nicking the Raspberry yeah. Ripple that led to Archie's uh, Archie having to move to Jersey. From the family unit. <laughs> he had to leave. He punched Dom in yeah. the face and then moved to Jersey. Yeah, but maybe that's why Dom stuck with 
Rasputin yeah. Ripple because he sees yeah. it as a, a, a symbol of victory. Yeah, exactly. A success. symbol of resistance. So, yes. Resistance yes. and rebellion, you yeah. know. And uh, that, those are qualities to be proud of. Dom literally drove out what he saw as an oppressor, an oppressive yeah. force in the house. For the record, in case Archie is still alive and listening, I quite liked Archie, but I was the only <laughs> one who did. <laughs> because well, yeah, because he used to go I, on the milk round with him. Uh, yeah, sure I went on the milk round. He, he was lots of fun. He oversaw my ninth <laughs> birthday football party, and I got to tell all my friends that he was a former professional footballer because I believe that to be true. Um, he was a lot of fun, and he also he he looked a lot like Bobby Ball, who was my favourite entertainer yeah. of the time. Yeah, and so you know there was a lot of for, to me as a nine year old there was a lot of pros about Archie, mm. but I can understand Dom not feeling the same way, especially after he nicked his ice cream. Yeah. So, there we go. Archie, um, if you're listening, reach out, get back in touch. I never had a big problem with you. Yeah, maybe you'll organise a, a meet-up. Yeah, why not? Local. I mean, as I've said many times before, I'm 99.9% sure he will be dead of alcohol. Yeah. But Due to his lifestyle choices. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dead or addled in the mind. Yeah, he, he drank loads of, of alcohol and all he ate was like mad, like was black pudding. <laughs> he, I'm not joking, it's like a joke, like Willie, groundskeeper Willie, but he just, my memories are he just ate black pudding and fucking haggis. And that sounds like a racial stereotype, but it's fucking true. And the occasional scoop of raspberry ripple. <laughs> yeah, his hands and on if it. there's any ice cream going around. But he, ate, he, he once ate a, a raw... Um, <laughs> or uh, crumpet, <laughs> right? Because I, he kept, my mum came home and he was standing in the kitchen eating a crumpet that he just got back. He goes, "Eh, these funny pancakes you bought—they're quite tasty, but they're very chewy." And she was like, "You're supposed to toast them, you daft cunt! You can't eat a raw fucking crumpet. Would you ever eat a raw crumpet?" Oh fuck! No. Well, there you go. That was the sort of bloke we were dealing with. Not even as an experiment. Well, drunk. Um. Shall we have a look at some rabies films? Yeah. Oh, there's some rabies mailbag as well. We should get back to that later on, if there's time. All right, there's one here which is um, it's on YouTube, and the name of it is Keep Rabies Out 1984. <laughs> um, and let's have a quick look at that. Uh, we've got a scene. It's a beach. There's lots of rocks. There's a dog. And there's a boat on the horizon. What's it say? What's it telling us? Rabies could come to Britain by boat. Mm. Oh, rabies mm-hmm. could come to Britain, Sam, by, by boat. boat. We've not considered this yet. We've looked at aeroplanes and airports so far. Yeah. Cats in bags, that kind of thing. But here, here comes what looks like a pirate ship uh, on the horizon. Dog or a cat that has been to a foreign port, even if it stayed on the boat and never went ashore there, is still a rabies risk. Well, that seems unlikely. A dog that might not have even gone ashore that's been in a foreign port might still be a rabies risk. Again, um, we have to just that. remind listeners that there was like almost fuck all cases of rabies throughout this era yeah. in the UK. Yeah. And that is what is so amazing when you hear the amount <laughs> of fucking terror that they are trying to stir up. But, you know, listen... You and I, obviously, we are very sensible-minded when it comes to COVID. We took it seriously. You've had COVID. I think you've had it twice. Yeah. I've had it once. Oh, once, yeah. As far as I know. So, you know, people have had fucking... You know, we're not, we're not COVID conspiracy theorists, but... But... 
When you hear the amount of time and energy and money that the British government invested in stirring up this fucking fear about rabies and then compare it to cases of rabies, you do sort of think, wow, they were, you know, in those days you were capable yeah. of spreading any kind of misinformation you wanted. Jalapeño. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. I mean, we, we've kind of presumed that there's just a racist undercurrent in all of these films. Yeah. The, the, the real message is, be afraid of abroad. Be afraid yeah. of the foreigner, the yeah. other. It was Brexit you know, before Brexit. It was the, the yeah. same forces that tried to that, uh, that successfully brought about Brexit were doing it by other means in the eighties. In this period, in the eighties, they didn't. It wasn't quite such a big issue in the public consciousness. Thatcher was not ready. Thatcher was busy getting us a load of good deals out of the EU rather than trying to drag us out of it, wasn't she? She was actually getting us vetoes and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So the, oh, she was the, into it. the powers that be, or the, the the shadowy forces who were basically xenophobes, were trying other means. So I reckon they mm. drummed up rabies fear, probably with a load of those um, shadily funded think tanks that did a load of like iffy research on the spread From of Tufton rabies. Street. Yeah, whatever Tufton Street of the eighties was. I like to imagine I think it, it was Pigeon Street. <laughs> <laughs> load of think tanks well, on Pigeon no, Street. It's not because Pigeon Street, if you remember, was quite multiracial. It was actually. It was. It was. It was, it was so quite pigeon... pioneering in that sense, wasn't what's, it? What's the opposite of Tufton Street? Fucking hell! If you live in Pigeon Street, <laughs> here are the people you would meet. Yeah, I can't remember the rest. One is black. <laughs> One is brown, one is is Jewish, and one's a Muslim. (laughs) One is gay, and one is straight. One is non-binary. Woo! (laughs) I did a great... Uh, I did a a great... um, Talking of uh, multiculturalism, uh, which is something that, you know, like you, I'm a huge fan of. And, And I was driving... I was driving back from my brothers in North London and you go through an area in North London where there is a high number of Hasidic Jews, right? Yeah. So they they got their hats and the curls and all that. It's nice to see. But um, I drove past a couple of them, right? And usually they wear, you know, the sort of hats, don't you? I don't know what they're called, but they're quite, Mm. they're not quite top hats, but they're like top hats, but they're more rounded. It's almost like a cross between a topper and a bowler. Mm. isn't it right great standard Hasidic Jew hat fine but his mate has got this fucking hat it was a cold evening his mate has got all the rest of the Hasidic Jew outfit that you're that we know and love but his hat's different his hat is like imagine a Russian Cossack's hat right round and furry uh I think Liz Truss wore one when she was in Russia last year trying to show off oh I know what you mean yeah but but imagine that like a normal one but now imagine 
its diam um, its circumference was sort of three or four times the usual that you would expect. It was like huge. It was wow. It was like it. It kind of went. What am I looking for? Radius or circumference? What, the radius. It was like went out two foot from the crown of his head, right? And it was. Was it the kind of thing that Jamiroquai would have won, but more? Oh, you you stepped on my joke because it was my oh. joke of the week. <laughs> I saw him and I went to my wife, who is Jewish, by the way. I went to her. Fuck me, look, it's Jumiroquai. 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 Hey. Uh, and even she laughed. And she rarely, as I've yeah. said, she rarely laughs at my jokes. It was so, I was so happy with it. I was so happy Brilliant. with it, Andy. I just thought. And just to, that just is to reiterate, perfect. Sam's wife. Sam's wife is Jewish. She's Jewish. So it's fine. My, my, yeah, my kids are part Jewish. It's fine. Plus, as I said, I said, listen, I said to the kids, listen, right, I've grown up in a multicultural, very multicultural environment my whole life. If you grow up in London, in part of West London I lived in, every school I went to is extremely multicultural, extremely diverse in all ways, right? Yeah. So as a result, you're very used to talking to people from ethnic minorities and bantering mm. back and forth with each other from a very early age, right? Because you do it. And and sometimes, in amidst those kind of conversations, you play on each other's stereotypes. Because it's normal. It's everyday chat. Yeah. Right? Then you get... And especially if you went to a state school where they tend to be more multicultural, right? Because, as we know, people who send their children to private school do so because they, they don't like their kids hanging around with brown-skinned people. Right? That, or poor people. That's, that's why you send your kids to private school. Right. And so if you do that, it becomes like normal chit chat. Right. But then you get older. And if you are surrounded by other people who might be a little bit more middle class guardian reading or just not from London originally or from any other multicultural inner city. So, for example, me. Well, you say Jumiroquai. Right. And they go, (gasps) you can't say that. And I'm like, listen, mate, I'd say that to Hasidic Jew. They'd find it funny. If we've got any Hasidic Jews listening and you don't think that's funny and I'd out like of order... I think we do. I, I like to think they all listen together in the same room. Then I apologise. I really apologise because actually they they have, they have do... They are on the receiving end of some pretty nasty prejudice a lot I, I've seen around London before. But uh, all I'm saying is I think that in that... It was just such a perfect joke and it was so perfectly timed. It's just, you know, when everything comes together all at once... Yeah. It just popped in there, and it's not my just, usual... We don't usually go for wordplay on this podcast. We, we, you know, I've I've said before, I don't like puns or wordplay. I find no. it cunty. But it was just so good, mate. I'm pr- I'm, as the, you as can well, tell, I'm th- proud of it. The, well, exactly. The thing is, as well, you thought of it straight away and not, like, say, 45 yeah, seconds that, later. That was what was amazing about it. And I don't... I'm not, like, I'm not quick-witted in that manner. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I rarely get... I rarely think of things of that nature. Um, You're not Giles Brandreth, are you? I'm, I'm really not. It's not my kind of gag. Like, my gag was more earlier that day when I said that my dad knew something about my brother's willy. That's more my usual yeah. level. Do you know what I mean? But this was like a higher level of, of, of humour. Yeah. And I just, I'm still, I'm still buzzing off it now. That's good. I'm really glad to hear it. Jumiroquai. Can't stop saying it. There's a slight cosmos, there's a slight cosmos moment just happened. I just glanced at a tweet from a, a comedy historian called Robert Ross, who appears on lots of documentaries about yeah. comedy, and he's written a few books and stuff. And it's a picture 
uh, and at the weekend there was at the Leicester Square Theatre where we've appeared before yeah. there was uh, an evening of celebration of Richard Briers which would have been fantastic oh, wow. been out, wouldn't it wouldn't that have been great? A great idea and loads of the people who were involved are all in that dressing room that we sat in at the Leicester Square oh, Theatre yeah. and there's about seven of them there uh, are they? and he says what, to- what total joy I don't recognise many of them actually um, I can't see oh I can see uh, Paul from Ever Decreasing Circles Oh, legend. And, is he still handsome? And I think that's, and that's Penelope Wilton next to him as well. So, yeah, there is some big names in there. Penelope Wilton. So, uh, don't know if you know this fun fact. I'm sure I told you before. Won't dwell on have. it. But related to Rod McDonald. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> the best thing about Rod McDonald. Yeah. Uh, it says, this is the very cosy dressing room minutes before the show. What a cast. And Robert Gillespie and Giles Brandreth hadn't arrived yet. So Brandreth was in there as well later that evening. Of course, he fucking turn up to the opening of envelope, that bloke, won't he? Same room that we've been in. He walks into mm. the... You know what his catchphrase when he walks into the room was something like that, Brandreth? His catchphrase mm. is, here comes the cunt. <laughs> and he, he swaggers in. He does his cockney yeah. strut and he goes, here he is, here comes the cunt. <laughs> and they go, oh, Gilesy boy's here. <laughs> Classic Giles. Oh God, massive cunt! <clears throat> um, Do remember the? Um, wh- where I'm are surprised we? Eamon Holmes wasn't there telling that story about when they, when him and Alex Ferguson went on a um, who wants to be a celebrity who wants to be a millionaire, and they got the question yeah. about Richard Br- about, and then he, yeah, it's a long story. I'm not going to retell it here. I just love the the punchline where he asked Richard Bryce what's what the name of the chicken was years later. Yes, I haven't got <laughs> a fucking clue. I've got a fucking clip. <laughs> I saw something about Eamon Holmes on Twitter yesterday. What was it? Oh, yeah. well, let's not go to this, but it's just, it's in the Independent. It yeah. says, Eamon Holmes says, it's a hard time to be a white man in your 60s. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, right, onwards. Uh, rabies. Keep rabies out. So the ship is coming in. There's a fella there on the beach with his dog. It looks a bit Labrador-esque, I think. Not quite sure, because it's very darkly lit it's very grey and washed out this scene it's meant to suggest uh, grimness and death I think mm. so here Even comes the ship stayed on the boat and never went ashore there yeah yeah still a rabies risk okay must be quarantined must be quarantined most yachtsmen know the rules and keep them but it only takes one selfish act just one animal allowed to land illegally could bring rabies to Britain. And then someone has got off this ship and onto a little a little um, power boat thing, uh, a dinghy, uh, and they're coming ashore. They've got a box with export written on it. Bringing <laughs> well, yeah, we know in. what's in there. A rabies. Yeah. You got a box full of rabies, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else is going on? Is it a woman? I don't know, I'm not sure. It takes one selfish act. It's either a woman or a man with long hair, which is the 1970s, when this was. Oh, it was the 1984. And then there's a kid as well, and there's the dog, which has got off the boat. Just They're coming ashore. The man is beginning to look concerned. Illegally, it could bring rabies to He's stroking his dog. He's putting his dog on its lead. The rabid dog is at the front of the dinghy. It's jumped into the sea. It's running Keep ashore. Away. Keep away, Rover. Oh, that could it's have rabies. So dry. Yeah. Oh, no, it's that's chicken. how it spreads. And then... The police. Rabies. Oh, hang on, what? Any police? may have been abroad, find out. And if you're right, then tell the police. 
There we are. Grass in time. What are the fucking police going to do about it? Exactly. Can you Maybe imagine? they're going to find a dog. The, the, the police are too busy going around doing doing racism or ab- abusing women. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we ain't got time for that. What is it? A disease dog? Oh, no, thank you. We've only got two sticks with hoops on and they're both out at the moment. Am I, am I going to get to beat any black guys up or get me in the way in some way? No, not interested. Uh, will it allow me to sexually harass a woman? No, sorry, can't, I'm a bit busy. No, we will lend you the stick with the Oupon once we get it back in. I've been using it to be racist with. I won't go into the details how. <laughs> um, and that's basically it. Um, and then it just says, keep rabies out of Britain, etc., etc. Rabies is a killer. Rabies is a killer. keep rabies out. And as I think you just said, though, the dog shaking itself... Dry yeah. shit in the water off itself is immediately spreading rabies. Yeah, right. About half a mile, I think, is the range when a dog shakes water off itself. The tiniest oh, yeah. of the droplets can go for half a mile. Yeah, so it spreads a lot wider than COVID yeah. ever could. Yeah, so immediately there's a, a, a half a mile radius of it's full of rabies straight away. There, uh, I really hope this was an actor dog, a UK dog. Rabies all over the shop. <laughs> Rabies, that was the line they used, right? Rabies, it's all over the shop. Rabies, it's in your mum's mouth right now. Show us a bit of Rabies uh, mailbag. Yeah. Before we go. Uh, Oh, I don't know if we've done this one or not. I think we might have done. Because there was was a bit last week where we, um, we had a bit of a technical issue. We had to cut like 10 minutes of the episode out. Was that you when I said an a... inappropriate thing? No, it was another time. Oh. You, you turned into a, a, a oh, yeah, robot, speed-addled yeah. robot. Mm. Um, here's, here's one. Uh, it's not It's not actually about rabies, but it's, it's rabies adjacent because we were talking about the loop on the stick mm. in the recent rabies episode where he caught the dog. And uh, this is Dan, who's 40 and nine-twelfths. And he says, your talk of a loop on a stick reminded me of when I had to help catch a goat with one. I mean, you know, we'll take catching a goat stories all oh, day long yeah. on this podcast. Absolutely, I haven't even yeah. read this yet, but I'm confident it'll be great. Uh, my mum was an animal warden and had several loops on sticks. Mm. Excellent. I wonder if you buy loops on sticks on eBay. I was going to buy a bus ticket machine before, wasn't I? Uh, one Saturday when she was off duty, the police asked her if she could assist catching a large and smelly billing goat, billy goat which had got into a local shopping precinct. Yes! <laughs> I was about 19 at the time. There is a goat in the precinct. And get the hope on a stick. <laughs> I was about 19 and went to help her. Mm. Uh, the police had the goat boxed in with their vehicles in a corner near some flats. <laughs> they said if he got loose and didn't know where the public were, they would immediately shoot him. Ha, this, so the goat, s- this goat, <laughs> is it black? Uh, no, it's, yeah. it's a white goat. Well, what's the problem? We're not coming down there. <laughs> we got enough on our plate. <laughs> they were going to shoot him. He's only a goat. Yeah. Where was this? You know, Where was this? Um, he hasn't said. Uh, so they said they would immediately shoot him so stakes were high, said Dan. Unfortunately, the loop on a stick couldn't get around more than one of his huge horns at a time. Oh, he had huge horns. I can see why there was yeah. a risk. Yeah. So two sticks were required to coral him into the van we had. 
By the time we had almost secured him, the owner turned up. He didn't seem too fierce the goat was causing havoc. This and that goat owner. <laughs> but told us that he climbed a 12-foot fence in an attempt to find some lady goats and got lost and confused on the way. I didn't know uh, goats could climb. I think when they've got the horn, I think they're capable of anything. <laughs> okay, they can they sometimes you fly cannot, if they're horny enough. Yeah, a horny goat cannot be reasoned with. <laughs> Uh, he says we left the farm out and police to sort out the details now the goat was back with his owner the van stank of boy goat for ages afterwards so there we are um, yeah good goat story yeah I'm just trying to, I'm, there's a bit of a uh, discrepancy there did they get him into the van yeah I think they did because he said we two two sticks were required to coral him into the van so the van stank of boy goat mm. horny boy goat as well yeah um Powerful, a powerful stench. That, isn't that a Prince album track, Horny, horny Boy Goat? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's that one I'm that like never got a released. Horny Boy Goat, climbing up your fence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only wearing a coat and nothing <laughs> underneath. <laughs> they used to do that, didn't they? Used to wear a long flashes mark and, and yeah. fucking lingerie underneath. Yeah, he'd sometimes wear a little pair of knickers. Amazing. What a star. <laughs> what a star. Um, all right, that's enough for the, for this time. We'll do a bit more rabies, I think, next week. There's another, at least one more. Yeah, we've got some at. more. Check out the videos. Tell us what bits you like. Um, yeah. And we will talk about them. Simple as that. Yeah, that's how it works. Thank you for listening. And goodbye. Goodbye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.